Hey guys, it's Liz, and you are listening to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, where we give people the chance to write a letter to their younger selves in hopes that we can learn a little bit from their lives. Hi guys, welcome to Dear Younger Me, Love Me, and today I have my friend Bobby Kemp here with us, and he is the lead pastor at Huntington First Oh, what is it? The yep. Fir- Huntington First Church of the Nazarene. That's correct. Is that yes. right? Yes. It yes. is it's a Huntington mouthful. only Church of the Nazarene, but yes, <laughs> yes it was the, the first. It's yes. the first one. But we call it HNAS, which is why yep. I stumbled with the yep. official and that's totally name fine. of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, Bobby and I were just reminiscing that we both moved to Huntington, Indiana and started doing ministry in uh, like 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah. In, in 2011. 2011, mm-hmm. we, we were both here. So we, we've been doing ministry side by side for a while. And I used to be neighbors with Bobby. Yep. So, I mean, we've been in it. Absolutely. <laughs> we've yeah, been, we've we... watched Liz grow up. Oh yeah. my gosh, so fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though you're only like two years two older. Two years older, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, and so, Bobby, I would love for you to share a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and and just some of that, because you obviously didn't grow up in northern Indiana. Nope. And so, how did you get here? What yeah. you know? What did what did little Bobby look like? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little pudgier, maybe. Actually, probably not. Uh, so <laughs> I grew up in central Illinois. Okay. Technically, uh, my father was in the army. I was born in Colorado Springs. My sister, I have one biological full sister. She was born in Washington. We lived in Germany for a little while, then back to central Illinois. Um, my parents divorced when I was real little, probably mm-hmm. by three or four years old. Um, my dad left us. Um, we did the whole like every other weekend thing for a little while. My dad um, always struggled with addiction, uh, was pretty violent at times. Um, and so he was less and less a part of our lives. Um, and really probably late elementary school, early middle school, we stopped having any contact with him altogether. And Mm -hmm. it's very, I haven't spoken or seen him in over 10, seen him in over 10 years now. Um, well over 10 years now. So, um, You know, grew up single mom uh, with a sister. Mom dated. Mom married a few guys in and out. And so kind of did the, you know, single mom. Grew up in a small town in the middle of Illinois, middle of nowhere. Trailer park kid. Uh, Mom worked 12-hour factory job. So it was just me and my sister. And it was kind of up to us um, to make life happen. Um, and you were what they call a latchkey kid. I was the like yep. original latchkey kids, yeah. right? Like no one was there to get you off to school and no one was there to get you when you came home from school. You yeah. just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, met a girl right before my, uh, no, in middle school, I was in sixth grade. She was in eighth grade, had study hall. She fell in love with me right from the get go. Um, she went off to high school. I did my middle school years, which were, you know, amazing. You all love those <laughs> we, years. We love middle. <laughs> They're looking the best. back so fondly on oh, it. Oh <laughs> man. It was, I, I really peaked in middle school. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> we all? and then heading into high school, um, go over to this, uh, snow cone stand next to the trailer park I grew up in. And there's that girl again. Hmm. And so uh, we started talking through high school, started dating after my freshman year. uh, And then I married her in July of 2000. So um, Sarah has been a huge part of of my life and faith journey. She invited me to church for the first time. Um, And of course, you know, like the pretty girl asks, you go. Um, And it was that that led me to uh, eventually, you know, have this encounter with Jesus and begin this journey. And so then went to college uh, at Olivet, 
um, Nazarene University just south of Chicago, studied youth ministry, and thought I'd be a youth pastor forever, and um, uh, went from there to Virginia, worked at a church there for six or seven years, and then came here in 2011, and came as a youth pastor, and worked with you in the youth network, and loved those days of student ministry together in this town and mm-hmm. um, transitioned to a, a community development role in our church. And then our lead pastor resigned and um, I was asked to step in and so took over and have been doing that for six years now. Wow, it's um, been six years. Yeah, yeah it, I think May, this coming May is the, the sixth year anniversary. Okay, yeah. okay. So heading yeah, into that. It feels that. like a long time, but also not at this, yeah. like, all at the same time. Yeah. Well, this last year and a half feels like five years. <laughs> That's so, so that true. <laughs> adds a little bit. But yeah, I agree. It, it it feels like it's gone fast. And then other times I'm like, man, I've got a lot of gray hair Yeah. Uh, since then. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what's led me to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, two daughters, um, neither of them born in Huntington, but both raised so far in Huntington. So eighth grade, fifth grade, um, they've been in Huntington schools their whole education career mm-hmm. thus point. And we love this little town and we love our schools and our neighborhood and our church and our friends. And um, yeah, we love we love being a part of this. Yeah. And so you're you're the kind of guy who... Um, you, I mean, you're obviously in a big, pretty big leadership position just in our community. People know who you are and they ask you to do a bunch of stuff, but we were just talking like this, like like I'm doing right now, but we were just talking about beforehand about how sometimes it's a struggle for you to try new things or things that you're not sure if you're going to be good at because you might fail, which I mean, I'm, I'm, I can think of times in my life where I'm like, I don't want to do that because I know I'll look like an idiot Mm -hmm. or I'll, I know that I'll fall flat on my face and it's just too much of a risk. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about your experience with that? Especially like, you know, even starting in high school, like how did that come out for you? That, that like fear. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm sure we could trace a lot of this back to the lack of a, of a father figure and, and, and that kind of encouragement and life being spoken into me. Um, I've been, and you know, when we talk about, you talk about like, you know, something you, a mistake you've made that you've learned from in your life. And the reality is in this, there's lots of those. Yeah. Um, because what, what I've done majority of my life is I've assessed an opportunity or I've assessed a person, a relationship, a potential relationship, whether or not I'm good enough for it, whether mm-hmm. or not I'm going to be accepted by that person. And if I kind of go through that assessment and I think, no, you're not going to be, I, I won't do it. Yeah. I'll just kind of self-select out and I won't take the risk. I won't take the chance. I won't seize the opportunity. I won't um, engage the person and try to, you know, begin that relationship. Um so, you know, there have been specific things throughout my life that that's kind of held me back from no questions. I uh, was, you know, planning on and in, in the process of applying to West Point, the military academy, and thought that that was going to be my whole life. I've wanted to be a police officer. Still yeah. do. Um, I'm just old now. I can't. <laughs> right. um, and so I was going to uh, go through the military and I did go the military route, but I was going to go the military academy route. Mm-hmm. And so did the whole, got the application started. Part of the process at that time was you had to have congressional nomination. So my civics teacher in high school connected me with our congressman. Uh, He gave me congressional nomination. I mean, I'm ready. Like, finish the application and you're going. Mm -hmm. And I 
was working through the final application and the essays and it started to dawn on me, you know, this is a big commitment and it's, you know, something like 10 years uh, with four years of school, six years committed afterward. Yeah. I knew how hard the school was. I knew academically how hard, physically how hard. I don't think you can do this. Mm. And these voices started coming, you know, you, you, you're not good enough for that. You're not West Point material. You know, um, God bless her. I, my grandmother, she passed away several years ago, my dad's mom. So we didn't really have much of a relationship with my dad, but we tried to maintain that connection. And I'll never forget, I was not very old. Elementary school, begin, maybe just beginning middle school. And somehow we were in a conversation about my future. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. And she made the comment. She's like, oh, well, you'll end up going to Hamburger University and majoring in would you like fries with that? Oh. So she thought it was funny that, you know, in essence, you know, my future was working fast food. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that. And so those voices started creeping back in. Yeah. And so why do you think you could go to West Point? Mm -hmm. Why do you think you would be able to accomplish that? And so I didn't. I opted out and mm -hmm. I missed that opportunity. Now, I'm I'm okay with where my life is at and I'm I'm very thankful for what God has provided, but it's a lot of what ifs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had a friend this is, uh, you know, I'm in college. I'm working at a church part. I'd worked at YFC for a couple of years, got on staff at this church. I'm working there in youth ministry. And there's this guy that is um, from that church. He had done some volunteer work there and people loved him. And I always thought he wanted my job. He wanted my job. And so I kept him at an arm's length. Yeah. You know, he was, he's a fantastic communicator, great storyteller, really funny, really smart. Um, and I'm like, I was intimidated. And so I kept him over there um, for over a year of working there. Uh, I heard about how great Charlie is, but I wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. And then we were at this silly camp out, you know, a guy's camp out thing. And it ends up um, the only other tent to stay in for the night is his. And there's no one else. It's, it's just funny how that works out. It's right? just him and me. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, like I'll, ah, this guy. I'll sleep on a log, right? Yeah. Like anywhere. And so we spent the night talking. And I got to know him. And, you know, I was absolutely wrong about who he was. Yeah. And to this day, he's one of my closest friends, um, a brother that I call often. Um, he's brilliant. He's a great communicator. He's far better communicator than I am. Mm -hmm. Far better storyteller. Like, he's, he's great. But I got to know his heart. Um, I got to know the depths of who he was. Yeah. And that. So, but I resisted that for over a year mm -hmm. because... Nah, he's better than me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not good enough to be in that crowd. Mm -hmm. um, and that was all of high school, the popular kids, the sports kids, the, you know, we call them jocks. I don't know what they're called now, if that's a thing anymore. <laughs> I um, think maybe it is. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but I just, I didn't, you know, because I just didn't think I fit there. Yeah. Single mom, low income. Um, I didn't fit in some of these other mm -hmm. circles and these other places. So I just opted out yeah. and didn't didn't try. And I missed a lot of opportunities because of that. It is so powerful, the like realizing the power of words. Yeah. You can use one word to knock someone down and then another word to build them up. Absolutely. And like just a joke that your mm -hmm. grandma mm -hmm. made when you were in elementary oh, 10 school. 10 years old. And I mean, this is 30, 30 years, years ago, mm -hmm. is still resonating in your Absolutely. mind. And I think that sometimes we don't realize the power of our words oh, and the, the power that we have to do this. And I was just reading James three this morning when they're talking about taming the tongue mm -hmm. and how, 
how absolutely important it is to like from what's inside of your heart, that's what's going to overflow right. and come out of your mouth. Right. right. And so if we're gossiping, negative, complaining about people, or even just sarcasm, right. like I love a good sarcastic oh, yeah. joke when appropriate, but a lot of times it ends up just stinging absolutely. and hurting Yeah. because we're not, we're not thinking about our motivations yeah. to doing these absolutely. things and it just sticks with right. us. Every, you know, if we would be intentional about our word, every word is a seed yeah. and it's planted and it will bring life or death. Every one of them. And my grandmother, none of my family knew Jesus. That was mm-hmm. not a thing. Um, you know, his name was a curse word in my, in my family, not, uh, not the savior. Um, and you know, I know she didn't, I know it was flippant, Yeah. but, um, I can, I can literally take you to the, the house is no longer there. It's been torn down. I can take you to the property in Rose Hill, Illinois, mm. where those words were said. Um, I, I just vividly remember that. Yeah. And it was a dumb joke. And, you know, but it makes me wonder the things that I've said, yeah. the things, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, the, the harm that it can do because y- she didn't know that I already battle like wanting to be good, yeah. right? Like, you know, this perfectionist, this people pleaser, this wanting to have this strength about me. Mm-hmm. Even at, even at 10, that yeah. was still something I, that was still part of me. She didn't know that. Like yeah. we didn't sit down and have this conversation, <laughs> right. you know, over tea <laughs> yeah. with my grandmother, but just how that word, that story lodged mm-hmm. and the, the, the harm it did, yeah. you know, and the, the detriment. Um, yeah, so, um, that's been, um, something that I, uh, continue, uh, to need to grow through work on trust God to give me the courage to overcome this really negative, um, not from God, uh, self-talk. Yeah. Um, well, it's so easy to spiral. Yeah. You hear one, one doubt. And you can either give that doubt a foothold Absolutely. and and let it sit and marinate and think, oh, you're right. What if like and give entertainment yeah. to that in your mind or that doubt will come either way. And you can say it out loud and say, hey, I'm thinking this about myself to a, to right. a trusted friend, Absolutely. to somebody in your life that you've invited in and right. say, hey, I'm thinking this. Can you help me not believe this Absolutely. about myself Absolutely. right now? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And that's, um, you know. I told you this a little bit ago. It's kind of silly, but five or six years ago, we were asked to go. My wife and I were asked to go on vacation with some friends. And so we went to St. Martin, beautiful island, and he's a scuba diver. And he dives the whole time we're down there. He dives every morning. Um, and so we get down there, and I'm I'm not. You know, yeah. like I grew up in Illinois, yeah. right? <laughs> we're like, a little landlocked here or, in the Midwest. Yeah, you know, like the ocean <laughs> is not a thing yeah. for us. And so um, – we get down there. He's going diving. He's like, "Hey, you should come with me tomorrow." I'm like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think, I don't, th- I don't know if I can breathe underwater. Yeah. I, in fact, I know I can't. Yeah. But We're not you built know, that I way. I don't know if I can do this. You know. And it was this like, you're not gonna be good at it. Yeah. Don't do it. You're gonna look foolish. You're gonna inconvenience others. You're just gonna be difficult. Don't take the risk. Mm-hmm. And so I resisted, resisted, and he just, you can do this. I, I know you can do this. I've done it. You can do it. I've seen people. Da da da. And he just kept speaking these words, yeah. right, of encouragement. It wasn't. We didn't sit down and have this like weeping moment of mm-hmm. bromance of him telling <laughs> right. me, you know, I mean, it was yeah. just very simple encouragement, encouragement, life, life. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, fine. I'll go do it. Yeah. Went, did this like discover scuba is what they call it. You know, you put all the stuff on, dropped in the water. I get down 50 feet, 60 feet. I'm breathing. Mm-hmm. I'm floating. I'm seeing things that I've never seen in my life at the bottom of the ocean. 
And I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah. I would have never done that if he hadn't said, I believe in you. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to me now, and I still struggle with, it's so ridiculous. At 40 years old, how much um, credence I give other people's voices in my life yeah. over God's voice, God's word, over trusted friends, mentors, confidants. Mm-hmm. Like, I will give those negative stories that, you know, the flippant thing my grandmother said, I'll give that so much weight, but how hard it is yeah. to take God's word or to take the word of a friend or a trusted confidant or whatever, um, it still amazes me at how much weight I put in those um, and have to battle that. Mm-hmm. And it also amazes me um, at how much I think others look at me and care and they don't. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't golf, mm-hmm. right? Because I would be terrible. No one cares. Yeah. In my head, though, I'm thinking the whole golf course is going to be watching. They're all going to be laughing. Yep. You know, Mike Tirico is going to be, you know, <laughs> critiquing me on, on NBC. You know, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. This this ta- this negative talk we've got going uh, and that we allow. And some of it is this expectation to be perfect, quote yeah. unquote, you know, to be something, you know, this that, that maybe is not not fair, not a not a realistic expectation. But the weight we allow those words to have mm-hmm. is still is still something I try I'm I'm trying to grow in continually. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah, and even I'm thinking about the times where I'm even like I talk to teenagers for a living, right? Yeah. Like and so I'm giving my talks at one of our, you know, campus life clubs. And it's like kids are engaged, they're listening, but then like it's so easy just to focus on the like oh, yeah. two that are falling asleep <laughs> yeah. in the back. The one on the, Instagram. Yeah, over the there. one that's yeah. like not paying attention. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you get that same thing. Oh where, no, like, they all watch and pay attention. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So like you're preaching and mm-hmm. then like you just focus on the one person oh, yeah. with the scowl mm-hmm. or the one person over here. And like it's just so easy to do that when we have so much encouragement mm-hmm. in our lives, but it's it's just so easy yeah. to fall into just sinking into yeah. that negativity oh, yeah. and letting it just take us over. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a story in the Gospels where Jesus sends the disciples in the boat and he head, you know, head on over and I'll meet you on the other side. And it's like, oh, you'll meet me? You're like Uber? Like, how are you yeah. going to get over? Okay, I'm going to go pray. You guys go ahead and go. Okay. So they go and this storm comes, right? And so they're freaking out. There's a storm. Well, then, like, here comes Jesus walking on the water, right? Mm-hmm. And and if you've been around the Bible and campus life and church, you've heard this story a hundred times. Um, the disciples are freaked out, like, it's a ghost, what is this? And Jesus is coming, and they realize it's Jesus, and they have this encounter. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Uh, tell me to come out to you. And Jesus says, come. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, you're Jesus. Sure, you can walk on water. So if I'm in the boat and I see this interaction and I hear this, I'm like, Peter, shut up. Yeah. Peter, sit down. <laughs> Peter, no, 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 no don't no, do that. You, dude, flat water yeah. wouldn't be possible. Yeah. It's storming. Uh-huh. There's waves. There's wind. Don't do it, right? Jesus says, come. Peter jumps out. Peter steps out. He gets on the water. And he walks. Mm-hmm. Like, he, wa- he does it. And then I heard this lots of years ago so often the story unfolds peter takes some peter walks he looks at the it says he looks at the wind which is really interesting he sees the wind he sees the storm and he begins to sink he doubts he loses faith and the teaching so often we say that he loses faith in jesus Mm -hmm. right this this teaching i heard several years ago 
kind of spun it and said, well, why? Why do we think he lost faith in Jesus? Jesus isn't sinking. Mm -hmm. Jesus isn't sinking. Jesus is on the water. Maybe, maybe Peter lost faith in himself. Yeah. Maybe Peter doubted himself. That's really good. Because the whole, at this point in the story, kind of like the, the culture of the time, is if you're a disciple of a rabbi, that your your job, your sole mission and purpose in life is to become like that rabbi, mm-hmm. to do what that rabbi does. So if your rabbi is walking on the water, I'm going to walk on the water. Yeah, you want to do what he's doing. It, and, and because I'm his disciple, he believes I can. Yeah. Peter's the only one that says it, though. Mm-hmm. Peter's the only one that says, my rabbi's on the water. My rabbi chose me. He believes I can be on the water. Tell me to come. And mm-hmm. Jesus just says, come. So... I wonder if it's not that Peter lost faith in Jesus, but that Peter doubted himself. Yeah. And he begins to sink and he cries out and there's Jesus to rescue him right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus doesn't scold him. Jesus doesn't shame him. He's right there. Um, I I think that um, I, I heard it said once that uh, a rabbi once said, one of the greatest tragedies we can do is tell people their entire lives to believe in God and not tell them that God believes in them. Yeah. Um, and you know, in the, in the church, in the Christian world, we are all about believing in God, believing Mm -hmm. in God, believing in God. And, um, I think it, we could benefit from reminding people that God believes in you as well. Uh, so get out of the boat, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, come walk on the water and I'm going to be sitting in the boat saying, no way, not me. (laughs) Like, Like, I'm not a good water walker. I'll fail at that. Yeah, I'm going to fail. I'm going to be all wet when this is over. Um, But Jesus is looking in the boat saying, oh, come. I believe in you. I believe you can do this. Um, So that's been uh, something that has been encouragement and I go back to often. Mm, Um, I don't doubt Jesus. I don't, I don't, I, I have... I have a lot of faith in, like, I completely trust him. Mm-hmm. I, I oftentimes don't trust myself and doubt yeah. myself and what, and, and even how much he believes in me mm-hmm. uh, and how much he's gifted and, and the abilities that he's given me. And I'll doubt those things all day long, um, which uh, which then leads to that kind of sinking feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're sinking when the waves come because you don't think you're good enough. Absolutely. Right. You know? This is bigger than me. This is more yeah. than I can handle. This is da-da-da-da. Um but uh, yeah, yeah, get out of the boat. So when you think about your life, because I think we all, I mean, that's something that I, I feel like probably everybody struggles with it at some point in time. But most of the time we don't realize that that's what's holding us back from doing things. So can you think about the like moments in your life where you realized that this was the issue? You know, like where you were like, oh, this is it. It's not just me not wanting to do something. It's like, it's a lot deeper than that. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I, so when I came to Huntington, I came as a youth pastor. Um, and that's what I had been for, you know, 10 years before that. Um, that's all I knew. That's all I wanted to do. Um, I'm here for three or four years. Um, and I had, I had transitioned out of direct youth ministry and was doing more of like community development stuff in our church. And that was for just a brief time. But then this opportunity comes to step into the lead pastor role. Yeah. Um, I knew I wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I love that church a lot. And I love this community a lot. Um, I believed that God wanted me to do it. Um, I didn't know if I could. Yeah. Um, and it took... It's a huge step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's an enormous I, yeah. step of faith. Right. You know, and, and 
I'm, you know, am I old enough? Um, am I, do I have enough education? Am I equipped enough? Um, yeah, all of these things. Like, am I good enough? Can I do it? Um, and it was um, brothers and sisters, both here in, in our community, in my church, and not, and people like Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, who throughout my life, who said, absolutely, you can do this. Yeah. Um, and it took... It, it took a lot of that encouragement from outside of myself to help me realize you you, you are equipped. Yeah. You 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 are worthy of this. You can do this. Mm-hmm. Like you you know, um, God believes you can do this. He wouldn't be giving you this opportunity. You know these sorts of conversations. Um, and so it was um, a lot of a lot of encouragement uh, from people outside of myself to help drown out those those voices. You yeah. know, like. Uh, to turn the volume down on the negative, you're not going to make it kind of talk and turn the volume up on encouragement and life giving. Yeah. Um, and that's what we, you know, um, we have people in our lives that we don't know why they're in our lives and we don't know why they do some of the harm they do to us at times. Um, but I would encourage anyone who might ever listen to this, do as much as you can to be as loud as you can in life giving to somebody share that as 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 absolutely loud and often as you can my grandmother didn't know Mm -hmm. you know the stuff that i wrestled with um but if she would have been more intentional about life giving uh and using her words to encourage and build up like you said earlier um who knows how different the path might have been um so i think we we all can learn uh to use to use our opportunities when we sow the seeds of words in other people's lives to do it to bring life. Yeah. Um, and I think a really important part of all of that is that you were talking to people. Yes. About it because I think sometimes we have these big doubts in our head, but we don't verbalize them to bring people into that. Yeah. And absolutely. then it's just stuck there yeah. in your mind. And so, like, even communicating yeah. and having people in your life that you're sharing your doubts with and that you're not afraid to be like, Hey, I'm questioning whether I'm going to be good enough here. Yep. Yep. And then that gives them the power to then refute. And that's a, and that's a select group. Yeah. That's not everyone. You're not Um, blasting it on social media. No, 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 no. That (laughs) is a, um, you've walked with me. I've walked with you. Um, and, and, you know, and that's, that's relationship, right? Like that's, that's a, a different authenticity and level and there's all different types of relationships and levels of relationships. And it's not that way with everyone, but there are those select few that you have learned to be able to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it might bite you at times, yeah. but it's worth people it. People are flawed. Right. But people it's worth hurt. it. Yeah. Um, it's worth it uh, for the times that it's a blessing and the life that it does bring you. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, if I hadn't been able to share that with a select few, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's suffering in silence, kind of, yeah. and you know, questioning and doubting um, in silence. And so, yeah, even at forty, uh, I still I still have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, m- my wife is you know a, a one that you can go to. But yeah. then I've got these friends and confidants and people that I've I've journeyed through life with that remind me of some of the truth of who God says I am yeah. and what God says about me. And that's, that's, that's kind of the foundation that, that we need mm-hmm. in those moments. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's people that have, um, Brene Brown always says in, in her books, like talk to the people that have earned the right to hear your story. Right. Right. And so they've done the work. They've put it in yeah, the relational absolutely. time with you and you know that they care about you and they want the best for you absolutely. and not just the best for themselves. Yeah. 
for right? sure. Like when I talk to teenagers a lot, they're they're hanging out with people, but those people only want the best for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And so they're going to make choices that are the best for them yeah. and not the best for for you. Right. And so you got to find those people that are going to you maybe even sacrifice something for themselves so that you could like for your better. Right. Uh, like to not do this thing to help you out. Right. And like those are the people that you want to be able to, yeah. to talk to and share with. Absolutely. Seek those friendships out. Yeah. And that are going to point you to Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Seek those out, man. They're That's going to take you further and faster yeah. um, with a lot less bumps in life mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Absolutely. So was there any other scripture that you had that you wanted to share about like when you feel like you're <laughs> drowning a little bit in this, this spiral of good enough? What, what, what's that anchor for you? What yeah. keeps you afloat? So there's a, there's a passage in Zephaniah. I think it's Zephaniah 317. I, I'm sure it's a common one, right? Mm-hmm, Everybody mm-hmm. quotes Zephaniah <laughs> um, where uh, it says, it talks about how, um, God delights in you and rejoices with singing over you. And it's just this, again, this like idea that, you know, my whole career has been getting people to believe in God or trying to help people believe in God. And, um, you know, maybe I've had this a little bit backwards and we need to assure them, you know, God believed in you before mm-hmm. you could ever believe in him. Yeah. Um, and there's so much scripture about knowing you in the womb and hair on your head and all of this stuff. And, but this, this passage in Zephaniah and just the, the beauty of a God delighting in you, holy cow, we don't think that very much, yeah. right? Like God's angry because I don't measure up most of the time. Like, you know, my quiet time wasn't quite quiet enough today mm-hmm. uh, or whatever, long and whatever it is. And then that he rejoices over me with singing. Um, I, I'm not, truly, I'm not worthy of that. I don't feel worthy of that, but it doesn't change the reality and the truth that God delights in me and rejoices over me. That's, that blows my mind, Mm -hmm. blows my mind. Um, So, you know, at the end of all my emails and my signature is just a little asterisk, God delights in you. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know that that's a message a lot of people hear often. I think there's a lot of God's dissatisfied, disappointed, you're not measuring up. Um, that's, that's, that's the self narrative in my own head a lot of times. Um, but the truth of God's word is that he delights in you, not disappointed in you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a particular passage that, um, that can, that continually resonates with me. Yeah. And it's something that when you start to doubt, you can say that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think having scripture memorized is so important because when we like, the best way we can fight these negative things in our right. mind is just replacing it with yeah. something positive, mm-hmm. right? And replacing it to with who God says that we right. are and that he delights in us right. with singing. And it doesn't say he delights in us with singing because we did a Absolutely. good job. Absolutely. Right? He like, it, it just Absolutely. us on our own. Yep. Yeah. And you go back to the creation story in the very beginning. Before Adam and Eve can do anything, God's, God blesses them. God says they're blessed. Before they can build, achieve, acquire, produce, make anything, God calls them blessed. Yeah. And I, you know, so often in the in the Christian journey, uh, we start with you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, while that's true because of the fall, 
The reality of humanity is you began blessed. You began in the image of God, not as sinner. Yeah. You began as son and daughter of God. And so, like, my understanding is we want to go as far away from the curse as possible. Yeah. So let's, I'm not, I'm not just a sinner anymore. I am God delights in me and he calls me blessed and yeah. son and heir, co-heir, all of these things that are um, far more positive than just this, um, you're not good enough, you're not quite making the cut. You know, when we lead with that, I just don't know that we start at the true beginning of the story, Yeah. right? Um, and so that's been a big part of my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't come to, to know Jesus until later in high school. Um I was a part of a church at one point early in high school that led with, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. And you know what I felt like all the time? I felt like a sinner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had these experiences with these other believers and and pastors and brothers and sisters that were Christians that reminded me of like, no, you're a son first. Like you were called blessed first. And and so that, I needed that. And um, yeah, I hope that I I hope that the church doesn't do more harm than good at times. Mm-hmm. And um, so any anyone that feels like um, they are first and foremost a sinner, you need to go back to the very beginning because yep. um, that's not what you were created to be in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. After the fall, I, yes, I get all that. Great. Thanks for all you theology nerds that are going to correct me on this. I <laughs> <Yeah>. get it. <laughs> But in the beginning, we were created in the image of God, and we were called blessed before it ever went wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my desire. I, I cling to that stuff um, because, again, when you feel like you need to be perfect and you feel like you need to meet everyone else's expectations and you want to be liked and accepted, it, you you often go negative and realize that you don't measure up. Yeah. Um, but God delights in me. Mm, that's awesome. That's I mean, it's just so powerful to be reminded of that over and over and yeah. over again because it's it comes in waves where we trust it yeah. and then all of a sudden a big wave comes yeah, and then absolutely. we start sinking right. again we see the wind and it just it, it it's just a constant like we're never going to fully arrive into the like yeah true 100 percent right. all the time confidence in the absolutely. lord you know? absolutely because life happens and it's hard but it's it's oh, always right. good to be reminded right. of this yeah absolutely we you know we are we are frail. We are flesh, and we're gonna we're gonna fail and flounder. Um, and when we start sinking, we cry out, mm-hmm. and there he is. Yeah. You didn't walk away because you didn't make it. You know that's the thing is like, so if I would have done some of these things throughout my life and failed, so what? Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. At that moment, it felt bigger than life. Hindsight being twenty twenty, wouldn't have been that big of a deal probably. Yeah. Like I kind of wish I would have just done it. Mm-hmm. Um, fail or not, I know that he would have gone with me in it. Yeah. Um, so I think there can be a lot of, a lot of grace, um, that we, we lack sometimes. Yeah. So Bobby, right now, I would love to give you a chance to read your letter to your younger self. Yeah. It's, it's not real long. Um, (laughs) my younger self wouldn't have paid attention real long. (laughs) Dear younger me, accept the invitation, meet that person, try that new hobby, go on that trip, be yourself, take the risk. You're right, it's uncertain. You don't know how it's going to go or end up. You don't know if you're going to be good at it, but trust me, you'll look back on those moments and be asking, what if? I know this is hard to believe and you're not going to be but you're not going to be able to control everything. You're not going to be able to manage and dictate all the moments and nuances of your life. You're not going to be liked or accepted by everyone as hard as that is to hear, and you know what? It's all going to be okay. 
Listen to David's words to his son Solomon. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. When you step out in those uncharted waters, when you take the risk and try the new, know that God goes with you. And if you do fail, and you will fail, remember, God goes with you. And if you begin to sink, he's there. So be strong and courageous. In several years from now, you're going to be looking at two daughters of your own. So live the life now you'd want them to emulate. Grow in trust, grow in faith, take the chance. Love me. Hmm. I love the part where you're just encouraging your younger self that in the midst of uncertainty and unpredictability to still do it. Do it. Because I think right now we're in a a time where the world is filled with anxiety and moments of uncertainty and everything feels like it's up in the air. But a lot of times people choose to just not do something or, you know, even I'm looking at the teenagers I work with and if you're, if they don't know what friends are going to be somewhere, or if they don't know how something's going to work, they just stay home and they miss out. And I do the same thing where I, if I don't know how it's going to go, you know, sometimes I choose to not do it. And think of all the opportunities that we miss out on that we could grow and learn. And even with, if we fail a lot of times in my life, I had to re redefine what success looked like absolutely and change from like success isn't always how i think it right success to god is trying right success to god is just getting off the boat get out right and it god like you said god didn't scold peter when he sank right he he, like he he is like you you were faithful right you have little faith right we could have done this better yeah here's my hand yes here's my hand yeah and i think we often think that there's not going to be a hand there. Mm -hmm. And so we think that every failure is catastrophic. It's the end. And particularly if you are a young person right now, you know, like it or not, you've got a lot of failure ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be the end. It's going to be okay. There's going to be another chance. As long as, you know, if if the sun rises, there's still a chance, right? Mm -hmm. If the sun comes up tomorrow, God's still got this. There's more opportunity. There's another day he's given you. Um, Every failure is not the end. It's not the last word uh, in our story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't don't miss those chances because of a a, a, a what if. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of what ifs when you don't. Yeah. It's learning how to fail forward yeah. as opposed to failing back. Absolutely. You're know, like when you fall on your butt, yep. that means you're falling backwards yep. and you lose progress. Yeah. But if you're falling forward, you're still making progress. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. it's way easier to get up again if you're right. just pushing yourself up. As opposed to when you fall back, right. you have to shift around and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, and it's having that, what we talked about, it's having that community, that tribe around you, yeah. you know, um, that are going to help pick you up, dust you off, and we're going to go and help reorient, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look, man, you're, you you messed up. It's okay. We're going to work through this. There may be consequences. You, you, you took the risk. It didn't go the way you want. We're going to pivot and try again. Yeah. And, you know, for all of the angst and anxiety and uncertainty of this time, I'm also amazed at the resilience that we've we've shown. Oh yeah, right. Like again, like I I work in a church. A church uh, is a place where people come to gather. When you don't know if gathering is going to harm you or not, it yeah. kind of makes that difficult. And you pivot. You f- mm-hmm. we figured it out. We tried the best we could. We didn't always succeed, and there was a lot of so um, you know it, as much of it 
as it, uh, much of it is risk or failure, it's also opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's opportunity for growth. Um, you know, uh, grace, how does it go? Grace comes in best, uh, in the flaws, mm-hmm. right? And so grace sticks to flaws the best, I think is how Leonard Sweet says it. And if we're, if we're perfect and all polished up, we're not going to have much grace sticking to us. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid, take the risk, stop asking who's going to be there and you go be there. Mm, that's right? so good. I mean, I mean, that's the question, yeah. right? Like, right. Hey, join us for, well, who's going to be there? Well, yeah. you're going to be there. Go be there. Mm-hmm. Go be there and go learn. Go do something. Go experience right. something right. for yourself. You have no idea what God has in store for you. Yeah. You have no idea who's going to be there. What's going to be there. Mm-hmm. The op- You don't know. Go yeah. be there. Yeah. So do you have any other, like, we've filled this podcast yeah, with amazing advice. <laughs> and well, no, we're, we're doing rock solid okay. on time. But we've, we filled this with like awesome advice and awesome tips for people. Did you, but do you have any other tips for someone who's, in a spot like you, that's like, you know what? I really am yeah. paralyzed by this. What if yeah. I fail? Yeah. Um, and I, it's not, it's not great advice. Um, I, I wish I hadn't taken myself so seriously, mm. you know, like yeah. calm down. That's good. Take a breath. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and again, it's that idea that like everyone's going to be looking, everyone's, no, they're not. They're really not yeah. like, yeah, they're just really not. And so, um, I, um, I, I grieve, uh, watching my daughters go through this. Mm. I have an eighth grade daughter. Um, you know, I have my fifth grade daughter, you know, well, if I wear that, they're going to laugh at me. If I wear that, they're gonna, if I, you know, and it's just, it breaks my heart. Like yeah. we're still doing this, you know? Um, and a lot of it's self-inflicted. Are there mean kids? Are there mean things said? No question. Yeah. Um, but I grieve that they are so consumed by what these outside voices are when they are beautiful young women with people around them that just keep telling them, mm-hmm. you know, but that those outside voices are so loud. Yeah. Um, and so don't take yourself too seriously and turn the volume up on the on the voices that are giving life and encouragement. Yeah. Turn those up as much as you can. Gosh, that I mean, that's a, that's a great way to end that is just like filling your mind with good yeah. and filling your mind with the encouraging things. Yeah. So Bobby, thank you so much for being here Absolutely. and sharing your heart and sharing just your journey on this. And obviously like we're all still works in progress yep. here and you were just talking about how it's still a struggle for you. Oh yeah. And so if you guys feel discouraged listening to this and thinking, wow, I can never get there. Yeah. Like, we're still there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. we're not there. <laughs> right? yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like, we're, we're about the same age and yeah. we're still struggling Absolutely. with some of the stuff. And it's just, an everyday intentional journey right. to work through it. Yeah, absolutely. To, to be growing. to be free from yep. these things that are weighing us oh, down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, keep growing. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't give up. That's so good. So guys, thank you so much. Bobby, thank you for being here. My and you guys, um, as you are listening to this, make sure you guys like us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, share this with your friends. And guys, I hope today you learned a lot more about Bobby, a lot more about yourself, and even more about God. So go out and have an awesome day. <laughs>